Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In the 17th century, there was a group of Christians in England, and they were called separatists. And they got that name because of their desire to separate from the Church of England. The Church of England during that time, generally speaking, had degraded into very ritualistic services, some without Bible reading, some without even preaching. In those days, it was a dangerous thing to separate from the Church of England. In fact, it was regarded as treason, and three or four of the separatists had already been executed. The situation became so intolerable that finally in 1607, the separatists moved from England to the Netherlands. And the Dutch treated this group very well, except they didn't allow them to join the trade guilds, which mean, meant they had to hold the lower-paying jobs. The separatists longed, basically, for freedom. You know, freedom, what we all long for. Freedom to have any job they wanted, to own property, to raise livestock, and most importantly, freedom to worship in the way that they chose. Well, it was finally decided that the separatists would move from the Netherlands to Virginia. And this group left, they were supposed to leave in April, but they finally left in August, which was their first big mistake. And this group of pilgrims, as we know them, and now you know the rest of the story, right? This group of pilgrims boarded the Mayflower and the Speedwell, but after traveling only 300 miles, the Speedwell started leaking so badly that they had to turn back and go back 300 miles. And then they all got on, whoever wanted to continue the trip, got on the Mayflower. 104 total plus the crew. And they set sail for Virginia. Well, a trip that took Christopher Columbus 33 days took the pilgrims 66 days because of strong westerly gales and storms. In fact, four pilgrims and one crew member died before they got to their final destination. On November 9, 1620, they, they, they um, arrived at Cape Cod <laughs> instead of Virginia. Another big blunder. And they tried to sail south, but they couldn't because of navigational difficulties. They wanted to get to Virginia, but they, did, they couldn't. So they came back to Cape, Cape Cod, and they scouted it and found out there was little water and too many Indians. So they finally ended up on Plymouth Rock, December 18th, December 18th, 1620. Can you imagine how cold it was in Massachusetts on December 18th? Well, after landing there, 
in Plymouth, the first winter was disastrous. They lost a lot of people because of an epidemic, and only 50 survived. It was so bad that in one day, in many days, in January and February, they were losing two to three people a day. Can you imagine? Two to three people a day. Well, in March, finally, the Indians helped them. And they taught them how to fish, taught them how to plant corn, taught them how to use fertilizer, fish for fertilizer. And so on October, not November, October 1621, the first Thanksgiving day was celebrated. The elder Brewster asked the blessings on the first Thanksgiving in obedience to the command that we find here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And the first thing that I want to look at is who should we be thankful to? And I'm sure you guys have heard many times people say that we should celebrate Christmas every day. And the people that say that say we should celebrate Christmas every day because people are more thoughtful, people are more generous, people are more kind during Christmas. Well, I like Christmas too. But you know what? I disagree with that. I think we should celebrate Thanksgiving every day. Um, the reason why is because if people were thankful every day, this world would be a different place. And you know what? That's not my opinion. That's what the scriptures teach. That's what's supported in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You know, the Greek reveals that this is not a suggestion by the Apostle Paul how to have a happy life. He's saying this is a command from God. For Christians to be joyful, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, we live in a world that has lost the idea of thanksgiving. And all Thanksgiving Day is, is usually a day of football and eating, right? And I'm, I'm for football and I'm for eating, but we're called to be thankful to God, right? In fact, God has been removed from thanksgiving by many who are trying to rewrite history. I remember listening to the radio years ago and hearing a guy call in and saying the reason why the pilgrims left Europe was they wanted to get away from religion. Can you imagine that? Had nothing to do with you know, thankfulness to God. They wanted to get away from religion. This man was trying to rewrite history. And there are others who are trying to do the same thing. Uh, in fact, my wife told me there are some books that she's seen, children's books, that say the reason why the pilgrims were thankful was because of the Indians. Had nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God at all. Can you believe what's taking place in our world the world has forgotten who to be thankful to. Man in his pride and his arrogance refuses to acknowledge God's existence. And thus they refuse to thank the one who not only gave them life, but who sustains them all by common grace. Every one of us. 
But you know what? When we point our finger at the world, there's always three fingers pointing back at us, the church. And God said this in Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. He told this to the church in the Old Testament. He said this, When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to you, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You listen, did, did Israel listen to God at this point? No, they really didn't. Because when they got into the land, when they settled it, when they prospered, they forgot to be thankful to God. They thought by their own abilities, by their own power, they had prospered. And you know what? Many times we all do the same thing, don't we? Um, years ago, when I was a youth pastor in Florida, I was teaching the kids a, a lesson on Thanksgiving. And I asked them a question. I said, when you go to the grocery store and you look at all the abundance of food, all the abundance of cookies, all the abundance of cereal, all the things in the store, I said, have you ever thought about being thankful to God? And you know what I got? I got a bunch of blank looks. I got a bunch of blank looks. And, and you know why? I figured because they have an abundance of food. Um, they've never had to wait in line for a loaf of bread. Now, we've had to wait for toilet paper, right? But that's another. But just like all, they had taken it for granted. And we do the same thing when we have nice houses, nice cars, uh, healthy bodies, have an abundance of food, have great jobs, and we forget to be thankful to God. It is a horrible sin to be ungrateful it tells God we don't need him. It tells him that we can make it on our own. And it's a sign of unbelief. But in our prosperity, let us remember that it's God who gives us life. That it's God who sustains us. That it's God who gives us food and shelter. That it's God who gives us the ability to reason and to think. That it's God who gives us our employment. That it's God who gives us our families. And finally, the most important thing, it's God who gives us eternal life. It's God who gives us the forgiveness of sins. It's God who gives us a righteousness that's not our own. And he gives it to us by grace, by his mercy. He is the one who deserves all of our praise. He is the one who deserves all of our thanks forever. So why should we be thankful? Look back at the verse, verse 18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It says, give thanks because it's God's will. It's God's will for us. And it also says that we should be thankful in all circumstances. You know, good and bad. And it's a command because guess what? Many times, just like the pilgrims, we don't feel like being thankful. 
Um, especially when things go wrong. And think of all the things that were going wrong for the pilgrims. But it's a choice of the will, not a choice of the emotions. One writer says this, Thankfulness is an intelligent response of gratitude to God based on His Word. It is your determination to be obedience. That reveals that we understand when we determine to be obedient, that we know that God is in control of our lives, whether good or bad, that he is sitting on the throne, he is in control, and nothing happens in our lives that doesn't come through his hand first. By being thankful, no matter what the circumstances, we proclaim to the world, just like the pilgrims, the goodness of our God. Psalm 119.68 says, You are good, and what you do is good. Now, don't get me wrong. That this is not the power of positive thinking. It's not saying that our problems and our trials are not difficult. Rather, it's the eyes of faith looking at the trial and knowing that even though it's difficult, God is still good and doing good to us. Romans 5.3 says this, Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. About a long time ago, when I was about 12 years old, I went to a summer camp. And in this summer camp, they had a hot dog eating contest. And I entered that contest. I was a probably about that tall and about 80 pounds. I don't know why I went into that contest. But I ate eight hot dogs. And I was so sick. I, I mean, I was sick to my stomach. I got a migraine headache. I've never had one, never had one since. And I went home. I was sick as a dog, right? And you know what my mom pulled out? She pulled out the green medicine. Every time we had any stomach problem, she pulled out the green medicine. This stuff was nasty. I mean, it would choke a buzzard. And so when she pulled that out, I'm like going, oh no, right? But guess what? You know what I did? I took the green medicine. I took the green medicine because I trusted my mom's goodness. And I knew even though the medicine tasted bad, I knew that ultimately she wanted what was best for me. You know, if there was anybody that should have distrusted the, God's goodness, it was the pilgrims. It was the pilgrims. They had left the Netherlands too late. They left in August they had, turned, they had to turn back when one ship started leaking. They faced winds out of the west. Thus, it took them 66 days. They came to the wrong destination. I bet you the navigator was fired, right? New England was cold, had a lack of water, an abundance of Indians, and finally they lost 50% of their people in the first winter. You know what their theme song should have been? You guessed it. 
Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Do I get an oh? Right? Whoa. Um, that's what their theme song should have been. But they didn't sing that, did they? They didn't sing that. Why? Because they believed that God was the sovereign ruler over all the universe. They didn't believe in bad luck. They didn't believe in bad karma. Instead, they proclaimed to the world. You know, they didn't even know it was going to be proclaimed to the world. But they proclaimed to the world the goodness of our God, despite, despite all their circumstances. And even though the medicine tasted bad, they knew that ultimately God is good. And what he was working out for them was ultimately for their good. Now, I've seen many, and you've seen many Christians go through life with a frown on their face, and the philosophy of their life is basically stoicism, get through life, right? Grit their teeth and get through life. But if you're not thankful, then you're disobeying God. And you're telling the world, even if it's not your intention, that God is not good. And He can't be trusted in anything. And then the world looks at Christians like this, and, and you know what the world says? Christianity's not real. It's fake. If Christians aren't giving thanks, they are living in unbelief. So what's a person to do? Well, follow after the example of the pilgrims who were thankful to God even though they faced times of trouble. By being thankful, we proclaim the goodness of God and we proclaim it to the world and it is good medicine for our souls as well. Well, how should we be thankful? In the Old Testament, there were different types of sacrifices mostly for sin, but there were also peace offerings and fellowship offerings which were a fragrant aroma to God and they were also pleasing to God. Um, how can we be thankful to God? Well, we first are thanksgiving with our lips and also thanksgiving with our lives. Hebrews thirteen fifteen says this, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess His name. And you know where we do that best? Right here. Right here. When we praise God with our lips, when we praise God through our singing, when we praise God with the reading of God's Word, we are thankful to Him for all that He has blessed us with. Well, the second way we're thankful to God is with thanksgiving with our lives. We give God thanks when we are obedient to him. Um, our salvation is an accomplished work. It's been done ever since the beginning of time. Ephesians 1.4 says that God chose us in him before the foundation of the earth. Do you know what that means? 
Do you know what that means? That if you're a Christian, that God chose you before you even existed. That God chose you before you'd done anything good or evil. That means the basis for His choosing us was not anything to do with our worthiness. It was not anything to do with our merit. It was only due to His mercy, only due to His grace. And it's God who begins a good work in us, and it's God who brings it to completion. And it's such a done deal. My mom loved, my mom loved this verse. Ephesians 2.6 says that we are already seated in heavenly places. And if we are already seated in heavenly places spiritually, how can we mess it up? Shouldn't we be thankful for that? Wow, I guess so. In fact, in fact, there's a good passage. Turn with me. Keep your finger here in, uh, in Thessalonians. But turn with me to Luke 17. Wonderful story about Jesus healing, cleansing ten lepers. Verse 11, Luke 17. It says this. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along before Samaria, between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he met, he met, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. Okay, so he didn't heal them right away right? So he says, go and go to the priest. So they go. And as they went, they were cleansed. So they're going along. We don't know how far away from Jesus they were, but they're going along and they start looking at themselves and go, wow, I'm healed, right? Wow, I'm healed. And then look at what happens. Then one of them, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back Praising God with a loud voice. So one turns around. The others keep going. And, and he turns and right away he's, he's praising God. So they know he's, he's going back, right? But they keep going. And look at, look, at, look at what happens. He turns back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Listen, listen to his voice. He's disappointed. I mean, where are the nine? And you know what? He knows the nine are Jewish because they're going on to the priest. But the one who turns around is the one without any knowledge hardly at all, right? The ones that kept going were the ones who knew the scriptures. They were Jewish. Instead, what do they do? And I, I believe what's, what's going on here is they felt like they were worthy of being healed. But this man that turned around was unworthy. He comes back and he worships Christ and he gives thanks. And Jesus is kind of upset, right? But it's not upset at, at him missing the glory, but look at what he says. It says, 
was no one found to return and give praise to God, God the Father. What is our purpose in life is to be thankful and glorify God in heaven, right? And that's what he wanted from those nine, and they didn't do it. But the one foreigner did. The one foreigner did, and he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. What is the result of being thankful? What is the result of being thankful? You know, uh, years ago, about 2005, I found out something about me that I didn't know before, that many times when I would get hungry, and my wife knew this, Many times when I would get hungry, I'd get grumpy, okay? And I would feel sick. I would feel fatigued. My attitude towards life would become negative. But once I would take a bite of food, now I found out in 2005 I was diabetic. So then I go, oh, now I know why. But once I would take a bite of food... I would feel myself coming out of this negative funk. Once I would eat something, I could feel the sugar flowing through my system. Discouragement, fatigue, I would gain a new positive outlook on life, right? All from taking a bite of food. Amazing, right? But you know what? The same thing happens to us spiritually when we're ungrateful to God. We quench the Holy Spirit. We become tired. We become discouraged. We can also become bitter when we mope through life. But once we are thankful, our weary hearts are uplifted and strengthened, and we can have joy. The Scriptures say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when we obey God by being thankful instead of ungrateful, He restores the joy of our salvation and He gives us strength in the inner man through the Holy Spirit. In closing, one of my favorite Christmas movies, now I'm going to tie them together, one of my favorite Christmas movies is um, The Christmas Carol. And in this film, one of the characters who, who is a great picture of thankfulness to me is Bob Cratchit. You all remember Bob, right? Bob Cratchit. And if you remember him, he is the employee of Ebenezer Scrooge. And Scrooge treats Bob terribly by not giving him enough coal to heat his office, right? So he's freezing to death every day at work. And by not giving him a raise so his, pop, his family's in poverty. And by not giving him one day off or begrudgingly giving him a day off at Christmas time, right? Bob has problems at work, but he also has problems at home. He can't afford a proper meal for his family for Christmas. He can't buy a goose, right? But the worst thing is he can't afford medical care for his son, Tiny Tim. But you know what? In this is, Bob is continually thankful. And implied in that, I can see, is a relationship with God. We see him going to church, taking tiny Tim to church, and bringing him back on his shoulders after worshiping God. 
But the coolest thing is when he has a meal, a Christmas meal with his family, and he raises up his cup, and what does he do? He wants to toast Ebenezer Scrooge. And you know what his wife says? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you crazy? I don't think she said that. Why? Why does he want to do that? Because he is so thankful to God for all the blessings in his life. And he's giving glory to God with his lips and with his life. So where are you this morning in your thankfulness? Especially during this time of year when we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. You know, without the incarnation, there is no hope for us. No hope of salvation. But with the in incarnation, we have hope of eternal life and something that we can be thankful for every day for the rest of our lives and also throughout eternity. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation that you have given us by grace. Help us, Lord, by the fruit of our lips and by the fruit of our lives to give glory out of thankful hearts. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.